The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. Lots to get to. Campus Reform at the bottom of the hour. Great young journalist, a young correspondent who is based at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll have him on. Make sure you stick around. I believe it's um, Robert Schmad. We've had him on before. Robert's a good guy, and he gets it done. So make sure you stick around for that. We've got that going on for you. And a couple of stories going to make you really angry. Uh, Carrie, you also sent me a story. Are you sure you want me to ask you for that story? <laughs> well, I read it. I thought I should send this to Joe. Um, did sure you send it to I me to make me laugh you. today? Or did you think that I was going <laughs> to ask you for it? <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to ask me for it or not. But, um, dude. I guarantee that story. Oh. Will be will be requested at some point. Okay. During this program. Lovely. On a Thursday. Feeling all right. Go ahead, say it. Get it out of the way. Say what? Okay, forget it. Oh, no marking dog. Seems I got no, no, it's not. No, it's it is. not. It is. It sounds better. Mel's family I called. Yeah. I'd like for you to stop it. He doesn't want to. Not. He's sort of behind the scenes. He doesn't want to be noticed. <laughs> okay. The exact it is, opposite um, of you, right? Mark, Don, and Mel. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Grand Funk Railroad, feeling all right. Their version. I love this version. Different than all the other ones. Let's go. That is Chocolate Boys, by the way. Along with Polo, get it done. Sam in the house. Alright, so Carrie, is it like every day we're gonna hear about another high profile Democrat that gets COVID? Is that what's gonna happen now? Maybe. Maxine Waters has it now, and all of them seem to say the same thing. Cory Booker had it. You've got uh, Maxine Waters has it. Um, what's her Kamala? face? Kamala Harris. Yeah, she's Nancy got it. Pelosi. Uh, Pelosi. Uh, she had it. Then she kissed the president for 14 minutes. And then you got Saki mm. had it a couple of times. And every time, you ever notice the line they use? I am grateful. Thank goodness we were vaccinated right. and boosted. <laughs> exactly. But most of we're using the word grateful. Mm. I'm grateful. I'm vaccinated and boosted. And I have no symptoms whatsoever. You ever notice in the day and age of cell phones? I've got my cell phone here. This is a this is an Apple. Um, it's a it's a it's a twelve. I'm not really sure why I don't have the thirteen. Sam, why don't I have the thirteen? Because it's basically the same phone. So well, why did they go for the thirteen? Why, why was there a new one just to get the money? Oh yeah, definitely. Paula, which one do you have? A twelve Pro Max. Yeah, that's what I have. I have the 12 Pro Max. Now, did you check out the 13? Because you, you're like me. You like to have the latest technology. What's the story? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it has better cameras. Um, it's got a couple other things on it. But um, at the time when when I was going to do it, uh, it was just going to be too expensive to uh, upgrade. So I figured gotcha. I'd wait. And then by the time it's time for me to get the new one, um, the next one will be out. And then I can just get the 14 instead. It usually happens when? In June? Uh, no, I want to say like August, I think. Sam, what are you the 11? Yeah, and it's just fine. I went it from is. the 7 to the 11, and it's way better. 
I actually thought the 10 was fine, but then I'm that guy and I had to go get the 12. Uh, Carrie, which iPhone do you? Oh, that's right. You get some Samsung thing. I am Android, yes, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Mike, I need that. I am Android, yes. I need that from Carrie. I need that as a sounder. I am Android. I have because Android I agree with you. You are Android. <laughs> that's not what All I right. meant. Now, do you have the latest and greatest? Do you, you always no. upgrade, or what are you doing? No. I'm not what going to say. What are you rocking, like the 5? The 5S? <laughs> I'm not going to say, because you're going to make fun of me. No. What do you have? I'm not going to say. Tell us what you have. And I know I need a new Dad! one. 7. It's a 7. Oh, my God. A 7? That's from, like, 2009. <laughs> it's not Whoa. that old. No. Jake, Luke, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they <laughs> Trust me, they've got the most recent ones. I don't. Are, are, did, did they make fun of you that you've got the old technology? My Jake will tell me, Mom, you need a new phone. Mom. Go get a new phone. Now, keep in mind, you don't know this, but I was Android for a while. I was rocking the uh, the Note mm, 3. I thought the really? Note was great. Mm-hmm. And, and, Paulo, did, didn't you have a Note when I had a Note? Yes. Those were pretty good phones. They really were. And, and for some reason, because the the integration with iMessage and FaceTime, it's just more convenient if you have a Mac. And I've got a couple of Macs. And I've got more PCs. But um, it's more convenient to have that. Now I find out that you can actually do... Um, iMessage on a PC if you use a certain program. I'm telling you that you can actually integrate all of them, but at the time, I thought it made more sense to have uh, um, an Apple product as well. Although I don't love how Apple makes their stuff. I like that they did bring, bring some of it to Austin. But Carrie, have you ever thought I'm going to go Apple? No. Never? You've no. always been Android? Always. Always. You just don't have the acumen? You don't have the what? I just like the Androids. Leave me alone. Why? Why do I have to leave you alone? From the start of the show, every show, people know now who you are. They know how you treat me. <laughs> I treat you just They're fine. like, yeah, he's finally getting the girl back a little bit. Now, now let me ask you this. All do you think hours. like Seattle and Rome, Georgia are used to us yet? Or are they like, what's wrong with these people? Um, How long has it been? Has it been a For Rome, it's a been week. a good month or so. Oh, been well, a couple hopefully. of weeks for Seattle. Hopefully they've gotten it. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Send us an email. Just go to JoePags.com, scroll down to the bottom, click on contact. That email will come right to me. If you're in Seattle, Rome, Georgia, and I think we might have added another station in Florida recently that I don't know off the tip of my uh, my tongue, but if you're in Florida, you just started getting us recently, let us know about that as well. By the way, those of you in Oklahoma City who are staying up and listening to us at, at I think it's 11 o'clock at night now that they have us on, um, we're hoping that that's temporary. Uh, people are contacting me. Uh, about what happened. You guys were on at like 5 o'clock. Well, we're working on that. I talked to the great boss over there, Kevin. He's a great guy, and we're working on stuff. So hopefully we'll we'll move things around again. But uh, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, you can go to the website, JoePags.com, and you can just click on Listen Live uh, or Watch Live. You can actually see us do the show. But uh, we love every affiliate, every station, every city where we are. But the most recent ones, Seattle and Rome, I just wonder, are they like, yeah, I swear by that show now, now this is the show. I get it. Oh, I hope so. Let's hope. Well, I think that, you know what happens is they realize that you're the antagonist after a while. No. Uh, they originally think I'm being mean. To the, remember the one lady called from you Alpena, Michigan, mean. that I'm some sort of a sexist or a misogynist or <laughs> I'm treating the girl horribly or something, <laughs> some crap? I remember that, yeah. Every once in a while I get those emails. People yeah. get so serious. They're so serious about it. Well, Polo gets this too. Like his friends will tell you, how do you work with that guy? You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Sam will be like, how is that your father? It's disgusting. <laughs> no, nah, that doesn't happen. But um, but no, I, I think that you have to understand what it is that we do, and most people do get it. Carrie, do you think it's Eventually. two weeks? Because some people it takes longer. I'm gonna say to between two and three. Yeah. No, I have gotten the random email where somebody will say, "I listened to you for two nights. I get it. I love the show." My fear mm. is that they love it too soon. 
Don't love too soon. Well, why can't they love it too soon? What's wrong with loving because too soon? Because two weeks later, they're going to be like, this is a horrible show. What no. the hell was I thinking? <laughs> Not necessarily. I, I almost want them to hate it at first. I've been listening for a year, and I finally get it now. I want I them to hate us before. for at least a short while. <laughs> if you love right out of the box, we're done. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, well, all right. I'm just saying, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. The GDP isn't looking so good. Now, under Trump, it was... Averaging over two, uh, some months or some quarters, it was 3%. Carrie, did we really have a negative GDP? Mm, yeah, this is from Fox News. The U.S. economy cooled markedly in the first three months of the year. A snarled supply chains, record high inflation, and labor shortages weighed on growth and slowed the pandemic recovery. Gross domestic product, the broadest measure of goods and services produced across the economy, shrank by 1.4% on an annualized basis in the three-month period from January through March. The Commerce Department said in its first reading of the data on Thursday, a refinitive Refinitive economists expected the report to show the economy had expanded by 1.1%. It marked the worst performance since the spring of 2020, when the U.S. economy was still deep in the throes of the COVID-induced recession. At today's shock drop in GDP's a wake-up call, the economy isn't as strong as we all thought, said Chris Zaccarelli, a chief investment officer for Independent Advisor Alliance. It's possible that GDP gets revised higher next month, as this is just the first release, and there will be two revisions, but it is a warning. Warning sign. Now, the headline figure often obscures the whole picture because the Commerce Department calculates the GDP on a quarter-over-quarter basis as if that level of growth were sustained for a full year. In times of huge swings up or down, it can exaggerate both the decline in growth and the subsequent rebound. Looking at the quarterly data, the nation's GDP declined about 0.3% from the fourth quarter to the first quarter, compared with an increase of 1.68% between the third and fourth quarter. I mean, that's, that's wishful thinking. You know, it might be, what do they say? It might be revised up. It might be revised up. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Now, did you hear the, did you, now, while this is going on and the economy is failing and the hyperinflation is taking over people's, you know, home lives, you're like, how do we pay our bills? They're, they're working paycheck to paycheck. We're not seeing an increase in pay that's keeping up with this horrible rate of inflation. While that's going on, Joe Biden is requesting 33 billion more dollars to send to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. $33 billion that could go to help out the homeless in this country, the hungry in our country, the, the border, close the border of our country. We're going to go help close the border of Ukraine and help Ukraine fight against Russia while we have true, real, real-life suffering because of his presidency. Well, while all of this was going on with the horrible GDP and the new Information Bureau, um, Joe Biden was, was talking about Russia and how he was going to increase the pressure on... Did you hear this soundbite today about oh, yes, Russia and it was going to take away the yachts and so on? Yes, yeah. Now, I'm going to play this, and I'm going to need you to verify whether I altered this at all. Because okay. this, is, this is almost not believable. Okay. Their hard work has played a critical role in assuring Putin's strategic failure in Ukraine, and they should know that we know it. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package... Of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their, take their, their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah, kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. 
This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Carrie, did I alter that at all? No, you did not. I don't know what he was trying to say. First of all, he misuses the word accommodate and then keeps saying accommodate like he's going to somehow blow it off like we're going to accommodate getting them out of there. No, no, he, he's, he didn't mean accom- accommodate. He must have meant eliminate, must have meant prosecute. I don't know what the hell he, what word could he have meant instead of accommodate? When you accommodate, you're helping somebody to do something. Yes, yeah, uh, that was the wrong word to use. But then he doesn't move off the word and get back to wherever the word that mm-hmm. he's reading the teleprompter here because you see him squinting and he's looking right at it. Um, but when he starts speaking, I don't understand what he's talking about because he mentions accommodating them. I'm going to play it one more time. I want people out there who really think this guy got 81 million votes to listen closely. Failure in Ukraine, and they should know that we know it. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package. Of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains. So I mean, does he mean? I don't know what he means. I don't know what the the eight word could be. That would be the antithesis of accommodate. I don't know why he said accommodate, but he screwed it up. He should have gone back and read the word. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. And klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> what, what are we, what, what, mm. Is kleptocracy a word? If it is, it would mean like kleptomaniac, like uh, the stuff that he stole, I, I guess. That. See if kleptocracy is a word. I mean, it, it doesn't, I've never heard of it. Doesn't mean it's not a word. It could be. Mm, uh, well, why uh, would you use that? Kleptocracy is a government whose corrupt leaders use political power to appropriate the wealth of the people and land they govern govern okay so it does mean to steal stuff mm-hmm. so he wants to say kleptocracy and he kind of says it the first time and then he gives this weird beavis laugh <laughs> it, it's uh, just one more time from that area i've never heard the word kleptocracy before but if you break it down it sounds like kleptomaniac or or stealing basically uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains <laughs> we're going to accommodate them we're going to seize their yachts their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah, kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these dude, dude. I mean, look, the guy's gone. I don't, I don't understand what the hell we're doing here. And they keep on putting him out there to say things, and it doesn't make sense. So. The economy is failing, hyperinflation going nuts. You're paying six, seven dollars a gallon in, in California, and it's rising everywhere. He's using the strategic oil reserve that should only be used if we're under attack, and we're not. We're seeing, you know, supply chain is still not doing very well. There are reports that nine different food processing facilities have been burned to the ground somehow suspiciously. So it's going to be even harder to, to keep the prices down. And he's out there talking about giving thirty-three billion more dollars to Zelensky in Ukraine because of the kleptocracy of the Russians and of Putin. And he couldn't even get the words out. Have you, you read scripts every day. You generally speaking, I would guess, write them to your own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do that. I would either write the script myself when I was in television news or a producer would write it. I'd go back through, change, change it to make it sound it. like I would say, sure. right. Mm-hmm. 
and and you want to make sure that you read it over once, twice, three times. You've got it under your belt, under your tongue. You walk out. You're going to do the job on radio, on TV, read a prompter, whatever, and you know what the hell you're going to say. What would you surmise, just as somebody who's educated in reading scripts, is happening here? Is he just not reading this crap before he walks out? Does he read uh, that, it beforehand and just I doesn't mean, know? That would be my guess. Uh, you know, we talked about reading cold. Maybe he hadn't had a chance to look o- at least glance over it. Um, and, and by the way, Carrie's one of the best ever at reading a cold. I'm pretty good at that too when I was doing news every day. But um, it, it's it's a, it's something that you have to really hone that skill. Mm, He's yeah. walking out and either hasn't read it before, screws up so badly, he does a <laughs> it was so, oh my God, it was cringe. And, and, and the world's watching this. You think Putin's watching this going, oh, well, what are we going to do? This guy's scary. I mean, no, he's no. laughing at him. Yeah. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Your thoughts when we come back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. All right, glad to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. Yep, that is the President of the United States who couldn't get a sentence out, who could not stick to the script. He was staring at the teleprompter, still got it wrong. And that's the guy out there trying to talk tough and make Vladimir Putin worry. It's never going to happen. Putin thinks that it's a, he's a laughingstock, and he's never going to listen to what Biden has to say. It's really it's a, it's a shame that somebody doesn't step up. Listen, put Kamala Harris in there. At least we can have a lucid argument with her. And we can expose her for how bad the policies are. But Joe Biden should not be in leadership whatsoever in this country anymore. He's gone. And it's funny until you realize that it's a human being that's just out there as a shell. You know, he should be in bed, taking a nap, drinking some warm milk or something. That's not the leader of the free world. No way. Let me go to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. Jason, what's on your mind? Hi. Joe, regular show, great show as always. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I heard you picking uh, the English apart, and I thought you may have missed one, in fact. Uh, instead of ill-begotten gains, it should be ill-gotten gains. Right. That's true. To begot someone, uh, to begat, is a man and a woman, you know, reproductive, begotten, such and such, you know, Adam and Eve begot a child or whatever. And uh, <laughs> it should, just should be, <laughs> just, you know, you, you ill-gotten mean, gains. You took it there, really? Jason, now I have to think about Joe Biden uh, messing it up instead of gotten. He said begotten. Ah. So now ill-begotten. Uh, now I've got all sorts of visuals, man. J- Jason, I think you're right. When I heard ill-begotten, it didn't make sense to me either. Let me say hello to uh, Johnny. Very quickly, Johnny, what's on your mind? Come on. Hey, Joe. So the observation about Biden uh, not being able to get his words out today. And really, if if uh, you were wondering if Biden was not practicing the speech and, and you were talking about how you'd do the practice and all that stuff and you know what you're going to say but biden can turn around and shake the air or he gets startled by the easter bunny so it doesn't matter how many times biden would have gone over that speech he's not going to remember it because it's the dementia you and i agree i'm not going to disagree when when dr ronnie jackson says this guy's dealing with age-related dementia i believe him and that we should all believe him and this guy should not be the person out representing us to the rest of the world it's shameful 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com, Campus Reform when we come back. Stay here.
You're listening to Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. I love every Thursday because we've got a great young correspondent from campusreform.org. Today it's a return visit from Robert Schmad, who goes to Emory University in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Robert, how are you? Good to see you again. That's yeah, great to be back, Joe. Always a pleasure to be on the program. You know, it's a pleasure to have you. You did a great job last time. We were just talking a little bit off the air, and I wanted to, to get your take and maybe the take from the circle of friends that you have at Emory. From a young guy's perspective, what do you think about Elon Musk, the, the richest man on the planet, buying Twitter, probably because he was angry that they suspended the Babylon Bee. Well, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, we love Elon Musk. Uh, I would say, personally, I'm cautiously optimistic going forward. Uh, Elon Musk is interacting with a lot of, you know, kind of right-wing, right-adjacent figures on Twitter, which to me signals that he is, you know, very open to discourse, certainly much more than the people previously involved in Twitter. Uh, and, you know, my friend group more or less has the same kind of view. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other people on campus kind of apathetic towards it. At the end of the day, Twitter is going to be Twitter, and you know they're going to stay on regardless of who owns it. No, I think that you're absolutely right. What's interesting about Elon Musk is that the far left loved him. Go buy an EV, buy a Tesla, stop using the fossil fuels, um, and, and nobody really cared that he was the richest guy on the planet until he decided to take on Twitter because of its restrictions and censorship of, of free speech. Now they hate the guy. I mean, he's kind of an enigma politically. Um, have you seen any shifting of thoughts about this guy simply because he made this move or not? Um, I think generally, definitely people are, he's in the news, obviously people are aware that he is taking a stance that, you know, for whatever reason, people on the left seem to be opposing the Biden administration. I don't know if you saw is proposing this like dystopian ministry of truth. Now, yes. Right. Seemingly to, con- you know, to combat that. So I think, you know, whether or not Elon wants it, he is being associated with the right and, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, it's it's very interesting to me because you as a young person probably are not as into Twitter as I am, although you are politically motivated because you want to know about stuff. Um, but but in your age range, is it is it Instagram? Is it is Snapchat still a thing, Robert? I, I never use Snapchat. Not my favorite app. But uh, yeah, Instagram is pretty big. I say Twitter is something that, you know, myself and people who like to be, you know, a little bit more politically active, a little yeah. bit edgy online tend to go on. But, you know, if you're just a, a normal guy, I think Instagram is usually where you're going to be hanging out. It's uh, Robert Schmidt. He's a correspondent from Emory University, also from CampusReform.org. What is your Twitter? Do you have one? I do. It's uh, at Robert Schmad. Okay, and it's S-C-H-M-A-D is his yes. last name. So let's get into some topics here. Ron DeSantis just doesn't seem to care in the best possible way. I'm going to do what I feel is right for Florida, do what I feel is right for Floridians and for parents and for students and even for teachers if they're, the teachers are doing the right thing. He's been under attack for a long time, but he says that wasn't enough with the whole Disney thing and, and not teaching four through eight-year-olds about sexual orientation, about gender ID. Let's also make sure that we stop CRT. What's the story here? Yeah. So again, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is slated to sign this bill, um, HB7, I believe, that would uh, cut funding to public colleges and universities, which teach variations of critical race theory on their campuses. And if I can read from the bill here, it would prohibit teaching uh, that, quote, an individual's moral character or status is either privileged or oppressed is necessarily determined by his or her race, color, sex, or national origin. So teaching that would lead to, you know, funding being decreased to those institutions, which to me seems, you know, pretty straightforward. I I don't think you 
should be teaching that. It seems nonsensical. It seems unnecessarily divisive. And I think Ron DeSantis, you know, using state power to curb that is the right approach and approaches that, you know, conservative leaders, conservative leaders generally should be taking. And the reaction has been not really that different than the reaction to the parental rights law. It's not a don't say gay bill or don't say gay law. It just simply says, as I said, four through eight year old children should not be taught in the classroom about sexual orientation, who you're attracted to, who you want to have sex with, and uh, gender ID. And, and there was, the freak out was, nobody's teaching that. Why do you need this law? And my, my question was, well, why do you care if nobody's teaching it? Robert, we've seen from libs on TikTok and, and so on that a lot of teachers are teaching this. So those who are saying they're not teaching CRT, is it a fair assumption to, to make that they are teaching it? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I think that leftists really since the 1960s have taken advantage of our hands off approach to higher education to, you know, capture the university university system and use it to indoctrinate young people in progressive orthodoxy. Like if you look at the numbers, people who go to college almost always end up coming out more liberal than they went in. Yes. And more and more people are going to college. So in my view, that paints a pretty bleak picture for us going forward. And like you said, there's a lot of evidence to suggest, you know, that, you know, leaked by people that. You know, people are teaching some pretty wacky things in our colleges and universities. And I do think this bill is merited both, you know, to stop teaching totally out of left field stuff like that and also to ensure that the youth is, I don't know, being brought up in a way that isn't going to totally tank the conservative movement in the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, and it's also so that they're not brought up in a way that's divisive and racist and exactly, uh, I'm yeah. oppressed and I'm privileged. That's all, all. It's all nuts. And it is being taught. If it weren't, nobody would say boo about him making this move. It's Robert Schmidt. He's a correspondent from CampusReform.org. Go to that website every day like I do. Great stories from these young journalists. I don't know why, Robert, they're pushing everything is trans, everything is fluid, nobody has a real gender, you can flip-flop anytime you want, call me cisgender, call me they, call me it, call me zier. Um, I don't know why that's going on, but it doesn't seem to want to stop. And the next story you have actually brings God into it. God, I guess, is a drag queen, a trans man, and gender fluid. Who's saying that? Duke Divinity School of all places. Come on. So Duke, yeah, believe it or not, a school that is officially affiliated with the United Methodist Church had held a service, you know, if you could even call it that, where they stated that God was, and I quote, the great queer one, or and also calling him a drag queen, a trans man, gender fluid, like all these just totally insane things that are, you know, very clearly contrary to scripture being taught by a, 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 a religious school. Uh, it's just totally insane to me like yeah. how far things have shifted in like the past 10 or 15 years like if you told someone this in 2010 they would you know think you were doing some kind of satire whereas you and i were this almost seems par for the course it's not particularly surprising yeah. that leftists have captured even you know religious institutions in to such an extent what is it? Can you opine on this? What is it they hope to achieve? Most people aren't going to believe them. Most people will be like you and me and say, okay, you're nuts. I mean, we're talking about college-age students then. This isn't a five-year-old that you might be able to convince with the drag queen reading hour, story time, and, and let's teach five-year-olds how to twerk. This is an 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old human who's an adult and probably realizes that God isn't these things. So why do they do it, do you think? I think they have cynical motivations. Um, so even in our increasingly secular society, I think Christianity still has a degree of moral authority associated with it. Like yes. you'll see when Pope Francis comes out and says, you know, maybe we should treat immigrants better. You know, the leftists just flock to that. They love that. Right. But then when the Pope says like, you know, maybe we should defend traditional marriage, you know, they're not as eager to accept that. So I really do think leftism is right trying right now to co-opt that moral authority that Christianity has and then use it to, you know, ironically, uh, not, not oppress, but really just stamp 
people who actually hold biblical worldviews into the ground, you know, using the authority of their religion. It's totally insane to me. And we see it like everywhere, like even in Georgia with Senator Ralphie L. Warnock, he yes. calls himself a, a pro-choice pastor, which to me is just a, a contradiction, very obviously. But it's a very powerful messaging tool that I think does them a lot of good in mobilizing voters in Georgia. So again, I, I guess just using the value of Christianity without, without actually adhering to the dogma of the religion is what they're trying to do here. And this is yet another egregious case, just like in Notre Dame, they've got a pro-choice group or something that was arguing there shouldn't be a pro a pro life group. Notre Dame is a is a Catholic university. So I'm confused by all of it and why we're blurring the lines as we are. I'm glad you brought up Warnock because we can throw in Reverend Al Sharpton. What is he a reverend of? I'm not sure I understand. He used to be an FBI informant and he hasn't paid his taxes. So I'm confused by why these people are the authorities, but I think you nailed it because if you put pastor or reverend or church of in front of them, we tend to revere them. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, I think that the left in particular has done a very good job at pointing people with biblical, like painting people with biblical worldviews as like extremists and themselves as like the normal ones. So yeah. like if I were to, you know, go out on campus and defend my view of what marriage is, you know, I would be in pretty hot water and my professional prospects could even be harmed. But if they want to argue that like we should castrate children or teach them about gay sex, like that's totally fine. That's totally within the paradigm of what's allowed to be talked about. And they've just done a very good job at molding the culture in a way that people like you or I who have these very traditional worldviews really can't voice them without being clamped down on they can take say you know totally insane things like god is queer and just get away with it yeah exactly right it's robert schmad uh robert the traditional way s-c-h-m-a-d go follow him on twitter just first last name uh, after the at sign he's a correspondent from campusreform.org and we appreciate the knowledge uh, i am a person who has said for many years since the the invention of the word microaggression, there's no such thing. There just isn't. People are making things up that they want to be offended about. And if you say, well, that doesn't make sense, you're offended, they'll call it a microaggression. And I don't understand it because I'm not of the same ancestral background or something. I find it to be very stupid. Well, there's a, a professor that was fired because he or she was also critical of that term and the idea that they even exist. What happened? Yeah, so this professor at the University of North Texas, a math professor, found some flyers in his room, just left unattended, you know, warning people about the evils of microaggression. And in a very tongue-in-cheek manner, he wrote like a a little message on his whiteboard with an arrow pointed to them, essentially calling them garbage. And, you know, in a couple of days, he finds out his contract for employment isn't being renewed. He's wow. essentially being fired. And, you know, I think he does the right thing. He sues the university and a federal judge recently ruled that by firing him, they had, you know, violated his First Amendment rights as a professor. Uh, and I think importantly in this ruling, if you look into it, they actually don't grant qualified immunity to the administrators who did fire him, fire him meaning that they can and potentially will be held liable Good. for any damage is done. No, I think that's great. Uh, and, and again, you do have free speech rights. They're limited when you're in a classroom you know, setting or something like that. But you, you could probably go on for the next four hours telling me what some other professors have said who might be mathematics professors talking about how, you know, what a fascist and, and Hitler that Donald Trump was. You know, and, and these people seem to do this without any limitation, without any shackles whatsoever. This guy says people who believe in microaggressions are stupid or dumb people and he's out of a job. Thank God he got his job back or he wins. And I hope that he does go individually after those administrators that thought they could shut him down while pushing for a satanic group to be you know formed on some christian campus somewhere there's such a duopoly in the way things are adjudicated and looked at in the society thank goodness you had a judge or a court that said this doesn't make sense he had the right to do it this wasn't harming anybody knock it off 
I'm glad he did that. It is uh, Robert Schmad, uh, again, Robert Schmad over on Twitter, campusreform.org. Check out everything that he does and his uh, counterparts do there as well. One last story, whiteboards are racist. Who didn't know that, Robert? Fill me in. <laughs> yeah, so a study conducted by you know physicists of all people is arguing that whiteboards somehow uphold white cultural norms like writing things down or wow. having a structured discussion. And, you know, that's not me being tongue-in-cheek. The study, if you read it, like, will actually argue that writing things down and, like, uh, attributing value to them for that reason or having, like, a hierarchical discussion are, like, somehow aspects of what they call white organizational culture, which is just, you know— Stunning, right? Like, and I, I honestly think, like, on our current trajectory, we could very well be in a position in a couple of years where academics declare, like, milk racist because it's white. And if you don't drink chocolate milk, then, hey, are you a white <laughs> supremacist? You know, like, I, I just, it, it sounds like a joke, but honestly, I, I could see it happening, you know? No, I, I could as well. Uh, Robert, it's not that long ago, and, and I'm not making this up, and I can't cite the specific story, but it's in the last 20 years. I heard people complain that blackboards were black because we were writing, the white writing was going on the blackboards, further or Pressing people who are who are the descendants of slaves. Now whiteboards, and you get to write black letters on whiteboards. That's also racist because we're using the white man's um, uh, mechanism of writing things down. Really, that's what they're saying. Yeah, I know, right? It's Come totally on, insane. And that's you see, that's the kind of thing you would expect come out of like a sociology department or a right. gender studies department. But these are physicists saying these things, which is insane to me because it really just shows the degree to which this toxic woke thought has seeped into like every aspect of academia. I think people on the outside, like people like my parents, have this perception that the science, the, the hard sciences STEM are insulated from all of this, you know, nonsense that's going on on campus but that just has not been true for the past couple of years it, it just it really does just keep getting worse it does and i appreciate you bringing it forth and you guys do a great job at campus reform leadership institutes campus reform go to campusreform.org. it's correspondent robert schmad from emory university in atlanta georgia robert come back on i appreciate you doing it i know i love being here joe thanks for having me oh you bet man all right have a good one we're back after this stay right here This is the Joe Bag Show. All right, let's go. Joe Pag Show. Always glad to have those young reporters on from CampusReform.org. They do a great job. Robert Schmad, go and follow him on Twitter. Very, very smart young man from Atlanta. Carrie, I'm going to ask for that story. Make sure you have that story ready. I got it ready. It may be the most important story of the day. And I have an Mm. email that I want to share with people that I think you need to hear. Oh, no, no, no. What? If it's going to be, you know, Carrie, you're so mean to Joe and he deserves better. Why would you think that? What a guilty conscience you have. Um, I don't want to hear it. I think we have time for emails tonight. So. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Fortune favors the bold, the strong, and the brave for your business to break out of anything holding you back. You need business checking. That's as brave as you are. Introducing Novo Business Checking. Novo is a powerfully simple business checking. And unlike traditional banking, Novo has no minimum balances, no transaction limits, and no hidden fees. Instead of a one-size-fits-all approach, Novo is customized to your business. 
It's going to save you time, going to save you money, going to free up some cash flow with seamless integrations to Stripe, Shopify, QuickBooks Online, and more. Sign up for Novo for free and join community, uh, the community of over 150,000 fearless small businesses like yours who found the customizable business checking solution that admires their brave. Sign up for your free business checking account right now at novo.co slash P-A-G-S. Plus, because you listen to my program, you get over you get access, that is, to over $5,000 in perks and discounts. Go to novo.co slash P-A-G-S, PAGS, to sign up for free. Novo Platform is a fintech. It is not a bank. Banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, FA, member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. I think I have time for this email. Hold on a second. Mm, no, no time. Well. I'd rather talk about the poop smoothie um, <laughs> <laughs> this email. I Come think on. you're going to, I'm going to, uh, hold on a second. Okay. Uh, listen to your show for a long time. I heard radio a few years. Wasn't until recently. This is from, uh, from Brent, by the way, mm-hmm. um, you guys were on later in the evening, blah, blah. Look forward to calling in someday. Owner operator for a truck driver chose to wait. I appreciate that. Thank you. Love what you guys do. Look forward to every show. Much love to you, Polo, Carrie, and Sam. And for the love of all that's holy, Please do not bow down to the cancel culture that Carrie is throwing at the Taco Tuesday song. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the Tuesday show. Regards, Brent mm, from Kentucky. So, Carrie, so just back off. Look at Brent. Brent's I will out here working. Never back it. off. It's a stupid song. I don't like it. Brent, don't worry. It's not going anywhere. All right, Carrie, I've got maybe a minute for you to give me this story. Okay. Maybe less than that. What do you All have? Right, Let's from go. From the New York Post, would you do it for money? 26-year-old Jake Eberts agreed to drink a life-threatening concoction of a cloudy, salty liquid containing Shigella bacteria, which are usually found in the poop of people who are infected all in the name of science. He infected with what? Glass. Wait a second. Infected with what? I told you. Poop. <laughs> now... He downed a shot glass amount of the liquid, knowing it produced a miserable case of dysentery for the sake of research, he told the insider. He was one of 16 mm. healthy young adults participating right. in the 11-day inpatient trial at the University of Maryland, and apparently he earned more than $7,000. Would you do it for $7,000? No. Uh, no. No. $7 million and I this might not do it. This sounds miserable. He was apparently really miserable. And who found that story today? Just for the show, people. Wouldn't. It was me. But let me tell you, they have, I guess, like these certain special toilet bowls they went in. Okay. And they mm-hmm. had a, like a hat they put their oh, good. poop in. And then yeah, they took sure. it to the make researchers and make sure that they were seeing the bacteria. Yeah. So enjoy your day. Good news, Polo. Polo's up. Right up. Dirty pop. <laughs> There you go, Polo. Have fun. Follow so, that. Poop in a hat? Is that what she said? <laughs> yeah, it was a hat. That's what they call it, like a toilet hat. Hopefully yeah. it's okay. not a mesh hat. Um, there you go. So James Corden today has announced that he is not going to continue the Late Late Show past 2023. He extended his contract for one more year, but then after that, he is done. I think the guy does a pretty good job. He gets a little bit wacky, a little bit left sometimes, but I think he's a good musician. He's a guy with, with some talent. That, that's that's too bad. I think he's okay. All right, uh, we got to go. We're back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.